Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. But, you know, my whole thing is that then why are you even volunteered to be on this thing. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I am wonderful. Now, you pronounce your name. Is it Mohani? It's Mohani, yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. It sounds Indian. So, you ready? Here's it. Here it is. So, my name is Nikkel. N-I-K-E-L. That's my, you know, I write books, so my author name is Elvis. Then it's Mohani Love. I was probably like 19 going to a store and it, it was an Indian guy. He said, you look like my sister named Mohani, but she's in India. So I said, like, can I have the name? And he said, yes. So I added the N to the, he spelled it M-O-H-A-N-I and I added an N so I can own it to make it original. Got you. It's beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Different, right? Yes. Oh, definitely different. Definitely different, but beautiful. <laughs> it's original. I don't. I've never met a Mahani. It's original. I did I like um, a search on it. Yeah. Not one social security number with it. There isn't no name with it, so I trademarked it. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Well, you know, you got to these days because people feel. <laughs> I mean, if I ever had a daughter, I would name her Mohani. You could name a boy Mohani too. It's just a, it's like a unisex different name. Yes, yes, and it would fit either or. It's just beautiful. I love it. I love it. So, tell me everything that you do, King. Oh wow! Ooh, I want to know everything. You want to know everything? Okay. <laughs> So, Look, I was three years old. No, okay, go ahead. <laughs> you don't want me to go back that far, do you? But, so, I retired from the Army in August of last year, 2020. Wow. And I was an Army Nurse Corps officer. And um, I, since then, okay, in this last year and a few months, I became a licensed minister. I have written and published one, two, three, four books, co-wrote one book and was a part of two anthologies. And I am also a podcaster. I have my own podcast show, Health Chat with Coach Jean, a global podcast. And also this year I started a radio show here locally in Atlanta under the same name. And I... Well, also, I started my business. 
Started my business January of this year, Spirit of a Warrior Life Enterprises. Um, it is a nurse-led business where we do not health coaching. We do nurse coaching, okay? Totally different. I offer seminars and um, one-on-one group coaching, you know, to help others to elevate their wellness. And do it sim- simple because health is simplicity. It's not complicated how society makes it out to be. And I'm a wife, and I'm a mom, and a G-ma, and <laughs> yes. So let's back it up a little bit to the nurse coaching. And the reason why I would like to ask you these questions. So when you coach, you of course you coach nurses. No, or- I coach. I coach whoever, not just nurses. Oh, okay. So a nurse coach is someone that is a registered nurse. I'm board certified in holistic nursing as well as in OB nursing. But a nurse coach is someone like me. I take my years of experience, which would be 35 years in March. I take that, I take all my credentials, my knowledge, and even my personal experience. And I take my clients through the coaching process so I combine coaching with my nursing to help others to live a healthier lifestyle. And so with nurse coaching, many people understand, they think, oh, you do health coaching. No, health coaching is mostly about nutrition, right? And you can be certified or not certified to be a health coach. Nurse coaching also can assist the the, the client or the patient as they're walking through a health situation like with diabetes care and education, cancer care and education, heart disease education. So it's more than just teaching on nutrition. Can I add one to you? I don't know if you teach us, but bed sores and education. You know what? And let me, now I went there. Man, oh man. That's something, turning a person every hour. The nurses aren't doing it. Um, And it's usually, it happens to an elderly person. Usually, you know, that's where I think those are more common. I know it's so touchy. I look, I see you blinking like, where, where are we going with this? Well, it came from an experience where I actually watched me and nurses just wasn't doing what they supposed to do. And they don't understand that it's so easy. You have to clean, you have to clean it. You have to be attentive to the room. So let me say this, let me say this. If you're talking about in our hospitals and long-term care facilities, when it comes to turning the patients every two hours, is really every two hours, right? Two hours. It's not necessarily a nurse, a licensed nurse doing that. We have nursing assistants, we have nurse techs, and usually that responsibility goes to them. So it's not necessarily a nurse that is, you know. So who maintains it? Who cleans it? Who puts the, who's supposed to maintain it? So when this is stage three, stage three going into four, because you know sepsis is that in, when it's at that stage three and you have a dime-sized hole, who's supposed to step in and take care? The, let me tell you. So the doctor gives the order for what they, what the wound care that they want, right? Yep. The nurse actually performs the wound care unless, unless that tech is certified to do that. Okay. But but it begins with the basics. Now you are right. The patients need to be, if they are immobile, they need to be turned every two hours like clockwork. 
And if, if they are not immobile, then our, our assistants or our tech or and really the nurse who is ultimately responsible, right, uh-huh. should be ensuring that that patient is being turned every two hours or if the patient is able to be moved and sit up in a chair, um, being assisted to the chair to sit up in the chair. So yes. you're right on both points, but I just wanted to make that, you know, just I'm happy that. that you, yes, I'm happy that you um, make it. It was just like I experienced that with someone. And I mean, the, the fact that we were caring at, for them at home, they had to go in the hospital and I'm standing there and, you know, no one would clean the room, try to do a little fanning. I was like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, they should have been cleaning the wounds. They should have been cleaning the wounds. But then while the patient is at home, if we have patients and family members who are immobile and can't move, then the family, the caregiver is responsible for cleaning them, for turning them. Now, maybe we need to do a better job as healthcare professional and, and either doing this teaching um, to, our, um, to our patients and clients, family, say, look, you know, your mom or whoever the person is needs to be turned every two hours to prevent this bed, to prevent bed sores. If they have a bed sore, prevent it from getting worse. But here was the thing. At home, it healed. Okay, so at home, and this person had the doctors coming to the home and nurses to help maintain it every week. They, when they went back into the hospital, it got worse because nobody was doing See, you know when right. you so you said something very key. You had home health care coming in. Yeah. Right? yeah. Everybody's insurance, everybody's insurance does not cover home health care. That's the Medicare other part. A and Medicare B. I learned a lot. <laughs> okay. But for those who are not on that, yeah. A lot of these private insurances don't even think that far and not that forward thinking and don't cover the home health services. Mm-hmm. So y'all <laughs> Yeah. I mean it was it was work, but you know, when you love someone and that you know you step in, it was a challenge. You know what? I come from this kind of family, seriously. If they said we had to fly a plane, everybody would be taking those lessons to fly that plane. We all jump in. So, you know, it's the thing where something's wrong. Okay, we all got to fix it. We, we we don't let challenges go ahead and say, oh, we can't do it. But we always seek assistance. Wonderful. You know, so I wonderful. thought it was wonderful for me to be able to share that with you. You know, you're someone that have these businesses. I'm like, could you put emphasis on those? I didn't even know too much about, you know, the, um, I don't even like to use the word because it's called the wound, uh, uh, pressure wound. Yeah, pressure yeah. ulcers, exactly, exactly. You know, so I I feel fortunate to be able to meet someone like you to where maybe with your practice, you can say, oh, you know what, let me just add this little, let me just talk to them about this. I don't know if there's a lot of that going on, but when there's someone elderly and they're not, you know, able to move, that happens. So okay. Right. Look, that was, right. you know. But you brought up a good point, though. Mahani, you brought up a very good point because part of what I do in coaching clients, um, we have to realize that the caregiver 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to include the caregiver in the care. That caregiver has to be included in the care. When I went through my suddenly health crisis in 2018 to 2019, and my husband was my caregiver, he had to be, well, being a nurse, you know, I'm an advocate, so I sp- I'm able to advocate for myself. Right. And I spoke up and I was like, look, my husband needs to be here. He needs to hear this. Because a lot of times they think that because you are knowledgeable, you knowledgeable about everything, and they don't take into consideration, well, now I'm the patient that a lot of people don't take into consideration the caregiver, the family, and, and including them in the care. So many times, unfortunately, depending on who the healthcare professional is, they may not directly include or speak with the family and these issues, especially when patients are being discharged on home. So we all we all got to do better. We all have to do better because everybody can't afford home health. But you know what? I think also with COVID, it kind of knocked so many. It shook the world like this, and everybody were like, "Okay." Once we were in the house every day, it's like you forgot about the things that <laughs> to help yourself move forward. You really did. It's like you had to regroup and start again. And it seems like we started again. <laughs> we may be back, back in again. But <sighs> I tell you, that's the other thing. COVID has really uh, made it challenging for uh, a lot of people, especially during times of illness when we know people are at their most vulnerable. So I'm sure for a while, as we learn to pivot and shift into this COVID area, your home health agencies had to pivot in how they do business and send their their, their personnel into the homes, right? Yeah. Many people don't want people coming in their homes. Oh, they don't know who they've been around, you know, if they got COVID. And let's face it, many people walking around and don't even know they in COVID. <laughs> yeah. But spreading it. So, you know, we've had to pivot everyone has had to pivot and shift and come up with uh, creative ways of, of doing things. So it's a process and we're still in this process, right? Because we're still in a pandemic. Yeah, and I have a question for you because you said you're ordained, right? License. License. Oh. <laughs> Tell me the difference. <laughs> What's the difference? I cannot, um, um, I, as a licensed minister, I cannot perform wedding funerals. Okay. That's pretty much the only difference. But you can speak the word. Preach. I speak, girl. Yes. <laughs> All day, every day. All day, every day. That was interesting to me. And I, this is just, um, so there's this, um, it's a Catholic church. I'm, I'm in NYC. And I used to walk up like eight blocks for exercise just to pray in front of the church and then walk back home. I did this every day. Right? It was like my go-to. It was, you know. So anyway, I happened to look and I saw that now they're offering classical music, you know, relax, relaxation music. Let me go in here. And it said, you are not allowed to enter the church unless you're vaccinated. I don't want to turn this into a political topic, but I was totally shocked. Mm. And I'm saying, not saying that I understand why the city did that, you understand, but I don't know. I just felt like that place should just have everybody well separated and 
it shouldn't matter because you know if we talk about God he wants you to come as you are come on come on <laughs> so you know it's to the point where you know we can worship at home I do it but sometimes you know if your comfort that particular day is to go sit in, in the house then you know to be when I read that I was like wow but not like you know it's I'm like that was interesting to me yeah that's interesting to me because the church is supposed to be the hospital for our for our sin sickness you know our spirit man and so that is quite shocking to me as well on the website <laughs> Sorry. It is, you know we're not supposed to turn away people there are many people, especially now during this pandemic, they're isolating, they're hurting. Many people have lost loved ones, lost jobs, you know, so much loss going on. And the one place, the one place, if there's no other place that people are seeking solace, right, is at the church. The church is to be the hospital. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and we're not to turn anyone away. So for me, that's very disheartening to hear. I'm from New York, originally Jamaica, Queens. That's okay. very disheartening for me to hear, to be totally honest with you. Mm -hmm. And it's a landmark. It's a landmark church. Big, beautiful. And I'm like, all the people, visitors, you know, people go to, and I'm, I, I read it and, you know me, I was like, I have to go walk over there. <laughs> I have to be able to go see if I could go inside to see what they say. You know, yeah. because, um, it, it, it was just showing me what, you know, what is this world doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. And then, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you while we on that subject. <laughs> oh, my God. Let it but, flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Look, 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 look. I, I believe this is just me, okay? We all know our bodies. We have a right to choose and decide what we believe is best for our bodies because a lot of people cannot get vaccinated. I know people that are allergic to vaccines that have serious anaphylaxis over vaccines that include the flu vaccine, right? So with that said, you know, because we're democracy, right? Allow people to make their choice and choose what's best for them. And then why not just say, okay, you enter into this sanctuary, you must wear a mask, right? And practice social distancing and have the hand sanitizer and stuff ready available. Just make sure people six feet apart when they sit and wear masks. But, I, you know, that's just they can my even add gloves to it. They can add gloves. Yeah. Even add gloves to it. Yeah. They can add, you know, and so when I, you know, I kind of, I was looking at that like, wow, I, you know, so then I'm like, okay, so what happens now when you go to the hospital sooner or later, it's going to be like, uh, can't come in here and let, you know what I mean? And you don't. And see, this is the thing. They mm -hmm. keep saying that this is a pandemic of the, uh, of the unvaccinated. Really? I, let me tell you, I just got my vaccines in October, just uh -huh. recently. Mm -hmm. And all this time, thank God I have not had COVID. Why? Because I was cautious. I social distanced. I wasn't going every and every anywhere, right? Around crowds. I double masked while, while you playing, because I was not playing. You I plead <laughs> hygiene. I plead the blood over me and pray. So look, 
you know, I said the opposite. It was, if, if anything, it's a lot of vaccinated people thinking, oh, I'm immune now. I got my vaccines. I ain't got to do X, Y, and Z or they privilege. But that's the world according to the Gene Turner. Just saying. <laughs> Wow, it's just it's the world we live in. It is. It and is. It's, 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 we have to find our tribe, as they say. Mm-hmm. But if, no matter if you aren't, uh, if it wasn't a vaccine and I just met you, I don't think I'll be hugging and kissing. Hey, guys, uh, we don't hug and kiss anyway when we just meet each other. Usually it's like, it takes time to us to link up like that. You know what I mean? It's not like a common thing for people to do. You know, but I guess when I say find our tribe, it's just people who think alike. It doesn't matter whether you did it or not. You, you got your vaccine, because that's what you wanted to do. That's your right. And you don't have to tell nobody. That's right. You know, you just have to care, care about yourself and others to stay clean, to stay back, to keep your air. And you know what? Remember, when it first started, every time you turn the radio or TV on, what did you hear? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash it. You, you hear it anymore? No. I know. It's like, and not that you needed a reminder, but it was all over the place. Wash it. And it got to the point that we had, if my boys, when I came in, wash your hands. Take mm-hmm. the, the, you know, everybody had little kids walking around. I, I, you don't see it. So no. it's like, you fall back into the, same thing. Old habits. That's right. That's right. But we were taught. Who was not raised? And your mother, who did not tell you, go wash your hands. We were raised. You wash your hands. We were raised. If you cough, cover your mouth. We were raised. If you sneeze, blow into the tissue and then dispose of the tissue and wash your, your hands. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this sounding like it's foreign? Because I think everybody was just on a lull. Everybody was worrying about so many other things. And I know what you're talking about. But remember, what did people do in public? You wash your hands if you went to the bathroom. You know what I mean? And and remember, at one point, it was the doorknob. So you would get your tissue, put it on the doorknob in order to open the bathroom door, or you would catch. You know, that was the first thing. Bacteria on the, you know, if you take a, a, a purple light with you and you shine on, you'd be surprised the bacteria that you see. I even bought purple lights. Did you try that yet at home? I didn't, but I already know because I've done it in hospitals for years. And, and look, the blowers, I don't use those. I ain't never used those. You know, the ones you put up under your hand to blow your hand. Yes, to dry it. Suck up pieces from the last person who probably said, I know. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Oh my honey, it is something else. So your books, your books that you've written, right? Let's start with the first book. Mm -hmm. What's the title? The Spirit of a Warrior. Mm. It wasn't from my experiences. That it's about my self-care journey through chemotherapy when I went through that in 2018 to 2019. And it digs a lot deeper than just the physical uh, manifestations of that, but it covers the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, the social, uh, financial well-being when you walk through a diagnosis like that and walk through those treatments. Mm. And so, yeah, 
But it's guess what? You here right now, so you know what that means. You got work to do, right? I got work to do. That's okay. <laughs> but wait a minute. That's not the end of it, Mahani. Nine weeks after I finished my final chemo treatment, I went into cardiac arrest as a result of the side effects of the chemo over all those months. So I am a living, breathing testament. Yeah, I went into cardiac arrest, was in the ICU in a coma, woke up, you know, after that, they sent me to inpatient rehab. I was in a wheelchair. I had to learn how to walk again, build my strength up and my muscles and everything. And, and all of that, then came home, was on a walker, was on all these medications. Thank God I'm down to two and a half tablet pills left. I'm back to jogging. I was on the treadmill this morning, girlfriend, walking and jogging. Many blessings to you. Thank you, God. Look, God is good. Wow. That means you got work. Ooh. I got work. Girl, to do. God list for you. Ah, that list. He like, okay, so this will be what you down here to do now. The list is real long. But you can, yes. do, you can do it. That beautiful smile and beautiful face. You ready. Thank As you. they say, you are ready. I would not have never known if you didn't share. Listen, wouldn't I have never known? Wow. That's a blessing. Well, you know, I give him the glory, but that really, that right there really shifted my focus when it comes to helping others to be the healthiest versions of them can be, that they can be, because my message now is, number one, how we care for ourselves now during time of wellness mm-hmm. does, does affect prognosis and diagnosis. If you find yourself like I did in a suddenly health crisis, you can leave your house today, get in a serious car wreck, end up in the ICU. Is your current state of health How is it going to affect your prognosis and your recovery? That's number one. Number two, health means different things to different people, and it is not one-dimensional, right? And so, with that said, you know, we've got to develop a lifestyle. Health has got to be a lifestyle, and it's got to be balanced, because we're more than just our physical being. So, yeah. Well, I would say that our minds is just as, if not more important, because what goes on here affects everything in here. And especially for women. And I say that for women, because you know what they say, we have this much thinking space and men have this much. It's not, I'm not, you know, they have that much, we have this much. So, you know, when things happen in our lives, it sticks here, it sticks here. It's, you know, whether we think about it or not, it's, oh, oh, when they get down here, it's like, and, and look, I, you know, I, I shared this once or twice on my uh, podcast and I don't ever want to ever sound like I'm bragging because I always thank God for this blessing. I don't take pills for anything. And ever since I was 18, I would say I'm healthy. I don't. And this is just the mindset that I gave myself. So I think when I, if I do go through anything health wise, I mean, I, I had a set of twins. I had three, you know, I had three boys. So it's not like, you know, I had it. Even when I had a C-section with twins, half an hour after surgery, I was up walking up and down the hallway. And they were like, didn't you just got, and I was like, yeah, but they said, you gotta walk, you know. So I do follow all of the rules whenever I, you know, anything happens. 
You know, I did catch H1N1. I did, and my twins did. You know, and um, follow the rules as far as the self care, as far as right. and stuff, as far as you know. Um, soon as somebody in here catch a cold, I have the bleach and water concoction. I'm like, listen. Every time you use the bathroom, it's your job. You got to spray that toilet. You have to clean, you know, and every time I use it, I'm going to do the same thing. It's not fair that I have to do that. You know, I'm cleaning behind you and then I'll catch the cold, you know. But um, it is mental. And I I always feel like for women, it's a little bit harder because we do. I'm not saying that men don't do more, but we do do more. We do a lot. I don't know if it's, it's us. I don't, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Drop everything right now and say, you know what? It's just about me. Mm-hmm. We find it hard to do that because we've gotten so accustomed of taking care of everybody else and being there for everybody else when they need us to be. That sometimes as women, we tend to think it's selfish when we want to take care of ourselves, spend a few moments to ourselves, spend the day to ourselves. And it's not selfish. I say self-care is self-love. We have to love ourselves enough to value our health and well-being. And I went from, look, Mahani, I was on no medication, had no health issues, no nothing until that happened to me. And so... Now I've 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 your family? Uh yeah, yeah. So genetics does play the role, but I think a lot of it had to do with environment because I was downrange in Iraq around burn pits and different things. Um and and environment does play a role as well. I truly believe that. But I I do have a family history of different different uh cancers, so but, but I, I ain't I, claiming it. I ain't claimed it. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> not yours. <laughs> you threw that in the garbage, throw it away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm healed and I'm just grateful to be here. And my mission is to share uh, my story, my testimony, and to help others to heal, to be as healthy as they can be. Wow. And I want my audience to, to listen to Jean and you know, um, you you have a website, right? Yes, I do. It's www.spiritofawarrior.life. Wow. And you guys can reach out. She will also be on my website, mohanilove.com. If you can't find her there, you can find her on my site. What was the second book that you written? And what, what prompted you to write the second book? Did you have it in your mind to do a series? Or it was like, no. you just did no. it? So I tell people, I'm not your typical author, right? Yeah, I've written a few books and that categorizes you as being an author, but I only write when I'm led by the creative to write. And so all of my books have been nonfiction. They tell a story. So the second book was his story, her story, God's Glory, which was the continuation of Spirit of a Warrior. And then after that, A Time to Testify was a compilation of different testimonies. And then my latest release, which just came out in September, is There Must Be Balance, Your Health Matters, which is a combined book and many journal at the end to get people to understand that we are more than just the sum of our parts and health is more than just our physical health. And like you said, Mahana, you hit the nail on the hammer. It starts here in the mind as we think here, 
Mm-hmm. This is a connection. This mind-heart connection is something serious. Mm-hmm. It begins with the mind. The mindset does matter. Yeah, it does. And, and and if you're the type of person that takes stuff personal, you'll be affected more with your health than anything. And I, I had to, you know what? I never took stuff, per, I don't take stuff personal from nobody, I don't know. But maybe if my kids said something that was really hurtful, it might affect me, my mother, my yeah, sister. But, and usually what do they say? That's usually from where, oh, that's usually where the pain come from. Right. You know right. what I mean? That, you yeah. know, so you, it, it's, I learned how to bulletproof that. You know, um, you have to. It's rewriting. Um, I, you know, I'm also an author too. I, I really don't share it all the time, but I probably should. And I, I want to know what do you think about when people say you can rewrite what happened? Now, and the reason why I'm asking you, okay, this is what I mean. So you get a pen and paper. Think about something that happened to you. And they say when you were little, but I don't believe in that. Anything hurt your feelings. And you reacted to it a certain way, which caused it to really stick with you. You can rewrite it by writing it down on a piece of paper and change the story. Once you rewrite it and change the story, because you're going to change the story to a beautiful outcome from the same situation, mm-hmm. mentally, you will follow. Now, I, I don't know. You've never heard of that. This is something people were rewriting. I might be explaining it kind of different. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. If something has already happened, mm-hmm. I don't believe we can change what has happened, but we just change our mindset. Okay. Yes. We change our thinking um, about, it. about it. Exactly. So they say you write it down. Yes, but you know what? I've always been able to do it without writing it. Oh, wow, cool. Ever since I was younger, I just, you know, I come from a, <laughs> oh, all the women are very strong. So right away, and it was something my mother just said to me, one of my cousins in the South said to her sister, oh, just forget about it. See, these are women who, when something happened, they really learn how to brush it off and keep moving and don't even give it a second thought. Mm. And and they just move on. And it's, and I remember when we, we were just discussing this and I was like, wow, I think that's what it is. It's just something about my family that, I mean, I'm not gonna say that it doesn't. With me, because I'm an artist, I mean, I can sing, I'm an author, artist of every girl. If you take my pen and go to me, I'll say, well, why'd you do that? And we were just <laughs> laughing. What did I, I would go, what did I do? That, you know, I would that's inquire. Right. What did I right. do? I think that's a natural reaction. Natural response, yeah. You, you know, uh, to, to, you know, but I don't know what it is. Everybody's different. Um, what I say that in my subconscious, all of the stuff is there. Of course it is. Do I let it affect me daily? No, but I think only one time I really was affected by a person and it really bothered me. And I would say probably four to five years ago, but you know what? As of last week, I woke up and just threw it away. Wow. I got up and just said, and you know what? I threw it away by piece by piece by piece. And honestly, yesterday morning, I got rid of it. That was the last backpack on my back and I took it off and just dropped it. 
And I feel so good. Like, I feel like, okay, so what am I doing next for me? I love doing podcasting, but this is, I have to do what I love. And nice. that's what it is. Um, but I can do so many different things. I love everything that I could, I could do. But I think with everything going on, we all have to stay realistic. Right. Don't mm-hmm. try to over do overextend i'm the overextender <laughs> that's, that's that's who i am you know um and what your third book is about what what's the third one? okay so i told you about history historic god's glory i told you about the time to testify i told you about there must be balance your health matters and so after that, you know, I co-work, I'm a co-author of a book, as the Doula, where I partnered with my girlfriend who was a doula and then took my um, OB experience and we wrote a book for mommies and dads, new moms and dads. And then the other two were just, I wrote, you know, participated in anthologies, Make It Happen um, by Kern Crockett Cherry. I participated in that anthology and... Um, uh, the other one was Faith Inspiration, uh, where I participated in that anthology by Dorothy Patrick Wilson, the ladies of the International Success Women's Conference. Yeah. Really nice. So she's a doula? Uh, Tanisha <laughs> is a doula, yes, here in Atlanta. I actually thought about, you know, I thought about becoming a doula at one point. I did. Did you really? Because I am. I am nationally certified as an inpatient OB nurse. I've done OB for probably about 15 out of my thermal 35 years of nursing. Only because I love babies. Love babies. Really? That's love interesting, babies. isn't it? So in other words, you can, a, a doula would need you because you're a nurse. Ah, uh, you would think. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> No, because sometimes, believe it or not, Mohani, I can work with anybody. But a lot of doulas, you know, they come to the hospital to support their patients while they're in labor. But sometimes, depending, there's this clash because as a licensed nurse, right, I have to go according to to, to, to uh, the laws, right, the the, the license and, the, and and everything that governs my license, right? Nursing protocols, policies, and procedures, which many doulas may not agree with us because they don't understand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And really, it's two patients. It's not just that mom that the doula's there to support, but I also have that unborn baby, and I have to go according to the fetal heart monitor, which the baby speaks. The baby communicates to us through that fetal heart monitor. What's so going on? Exactly. Wow. Why would they be, right? It shouldn't be. We should be able to work together. Well, I, would, I would be happy that you're there on the other side with the certificate. You know what I mean? A nurse? Who, who wouldn't? That's amazing. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. And when I go up in some of these social media rooms like Clubhouse Streets and stuff, some of them, uh, they just bash it. They call us the white coats. But I would rather, <laughs> I would be honest with you. If I was having a baby, I would rather call a nurse. A nurse I'm sorry. Listen, to all the doulas out there, I'm not knocking your stuff. Trust me. But I would 
rather call a nurse if I had the opportunity to. It's just a certain safety measure. Not saying that the doulas are not, but you know, you can, as a nurse, you can say, oh, the mother, her eyes doesn't look right. I know what that is. Or a baby is crashing. That's right. And before, you know, in utero. And, and don't get me wrong. I appreciate it. I've worked with some great doulas. My friend Tanisha is a great doula. There's a lot of great doulas out there. I just think that the understanding of our role as the nurse, right? <laughs> there needs to be a greater understanding of our role and why we do what we do and why we don't always can agree. Can we just agree to disagree? But right now, I got to take care of this mom and this baby who's crashing in utero and, and mom may be hurting, but that's not my priority right now because baby's heart rate is accelerating down into the 40s and 60s, okay? just It's just, we got to learn to understand one another's role better, that's all. Especially in a situation like that. Yeah. I have a question for you, right? And I know you're not a doctor, but you are a nurse. Is, can a woman who have a C-section have a natural birth? Now, I remember yeah. years ago, oh, you can. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. Look, yeah, I know where you going. I know where yeah, you know, going. So you did hear that before? Like I heard them say, if you had a C-section, you can't have natural birth. And I always thought that's something to do with because they cut the uterus to get the, the baby out. Why is it okay now? Okay, so we call them V-backs, right? We mm-hmm. call it a trial of labor. So if you had a C-section before, and by the way, I'm a mom of twins too. <laughs> and- girl. I have boys. I have all boys. Um, so when I was having my babies, the twins, when I had the twins in 1983, right, back then, you right. If you had a C-section, that meant every time you got pregnant, you was doomed to have a C-section. No more. What we do is a trial. They call it a trial of labor, meaning they will let you labor, right? And if the labor is going well, baby's doing fine in utero, you know, they will go ahead and let you labor. And uh, we call it, once you deliver your baby vaginally, we'll call it a VBAC. It's called a VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean. But it is possible. Many women who've had C-sections have gone on afterwards to have a trial of labor and a successful VBAC vaginal birth after cesarean. I'd rather have cesarean. Because <laughs> I want to keep my back. Dang, see, as long as you mentioned you have a license to be a man, I want to say this, but I'm going to say it. I want to keep my vaginal vaginal. <laughs> I want to keep my vaginal vagina. I was going to put it, I, you know, I don't need to make me stretch it off. <laughs> Blink. God, please forgive me. I had to get it out. And I'm sure. <laughs> I know a gynecologist that I was in the army with who got out the army in private practice. I bet you he can, you know, they got that, that they got that surgery or whatever they do, these, um, what do yeah. they call them? Uh, um, um, but, and they make it back. It's called the, uh, I know it's a name, but they put yeah. it back. Where you they know what it? I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> they get it back right. <laughs> My first time, he was eight pounds, 13 ounces, and I pushed him out. Boop. Came right out. Woo! Twins, December 12th. Nah. I was like, uh, well, this is what my OBG Wednesday. He said, listen, you can deliver natural, but 
one may come be delivered natural and then we have to give you a c-section for the other that's right i've seen so that too choice. have you I've, yeah have you I've ever seen been that in too. Situation? this is what i want to know too so doulas are these women having their babies in birthing centers because you know they have birthing centers where you bring your doula so that's where this is going on because in the regular okay. hospital why are you bringing a doula and you're in the hospital well, look, well, I've had patients that hired doulas to be with them in the labor, during the labor process, to rub their back, be there for support, especially if their husband was an active doula oh, and he was deployed downrange. Oh. But, right, so I've had that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but the birthing centers, right, that's a whole nother ball game. Many women are deciding to have their babies in birthing centers, which is fine, but they only take you if you don't have any complications. Well, they used to. Let me just say, let me take that back, because now they may be taking women uh, with diabetes, and I don't know, but they were supposed to only take you in the birthing center if you have no complications or uncomplicated pregnancy. Let me just say that. Yeah, no, um, they say no high risk. Nothing high Right. You are not high risk. Wow. It's so right. interesting. And I know, no what about at home? Have you ever witnessed the at home birth? Uh, let me see. Have I? No. But in the parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, women don't make it to the labor deck in time. By the time they get to the hospital, they had a babies in the parking deck outside the emergency room. Wow. <laughs> or I had a baby in the emergency room and the ER freaks out, let me tell you. Really? <laughs> and shouldn't they be used to so many different things? Like At least in the emergency room I worked in. Uh-huh. Many of them freak out. But yeah, I mean, you know what? Anything can go wrong though. Labor and delivery, people have to realize, Mahani, Labor and delivery is just like the emergency room. You don't never know what's coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So is it true that you really shouldn't eat food? Okay. So you're nine months. You can do any day. You know how they say don't eat a lot because the baby want to... This is just these sayings. The baby want to eat. The baby wants to eat because you're eating. Am I saying it right? Can you connect... Don't eat for two? What, what it is is okay. My due date is December twelfth. Okay. So they'll say try not to eat too much, or the baby will stay inside because the babies used want nourished, want to eat. No such thing, right? See, I'm covering all these things I heard. <laughs> no <laughs> such thing. But what I will say is, when babies are ready to come, they gonna come on a full stomach, empty stomach, whether you eat or not, whether you jump up and down, turn around, spin on your head. When that baby ready to come, that baby coming. Wow. Period. Nice. That's so interesting. So what, what, how did you get into nursing? And, and was OB where you wanted to be? Because I know with nurses, don't they move, you, move nurses around? Uh, it depends. You can specialize in nursing. So I got into nursing. I've been a nurse since 1987. And what got me into to nursing was because I grew up right I thought you know back in the 60s 70s you was either going to grow up to be a homemaker right a housewife or you was going to be a secretary 
So when I graduated high school in 81, I wanted to be a legal secretary on Wall Street because I used to work on Wall Street during high school. And so that was my thing. But when I was married to my ex-husband, I married early, he got stationed in a city that was like Mayberry, USA, and they did not have any secretarial jobs or clerk typist jobs. So wow. I took a nursing assistant course, and I loved the nursing assistant course so much that I went on and got my nursing degree. Wow. And nurses tend to be patient, too. When you have those patients that's really rude. Well, I mean, and oh, I, I, you know, I always believed, I say, if I was to, if I was a nurse, it would be babies or children, babies, infants, or or, or toddlers, right? Or are they the same? They're no. not the same. No, they're not the same. Toddlers are two different. In 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 in, in healthcare, right? Two different specialties. You have your newborn and your your birth to uh, uh, twelve months old, and then they go into the toddler stages you know when it comes to medications and different things dosages are different and that's why it drives me crazy when I hear people say they call children little people not all little people are the same okay? I've never heard that dosages is different yeah so in healthcare they, they are not the same no oh. so when it comes to the audience what kind of message do you want to give them what, what's your life's message for them my life's message is yeah. your body is your temple. You mm-hmm. only have one. And so we have to take care. Take care of your body, your mind, your spirit, your emotions. Don't let everyone infiltrate your heart because that's a lot of the problem. We think we healthy on the outside, right? But our, our mm-hmm. mind and our heart is jacked up. Mm-hmm. And so we need to remember that our, our minds, our emotions, our, our relationships, our environment, all of this has to be in a state of balance because any imbalance in any area of our lives creates disharmony throughout our entire being and it will manifest in your physical health. And that's true. Mm-hmm. I've experienced it. Oh, wow. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I believe the majority of, and I'll say people, because I'll tell you what, what we talk about women, you know, a lot. We're women. So, of course, everything is, you know, and then women, and, and if a woman's heart is, but when a man has a broken heart or a man is mental, you know, I, I did an um, interview and a gentleman said he wants to focus on men's uh, mental health. And when he said it, I said to myself, hmm, I've heard so much about mental health for women that you don't really think too much about mental health for men. Is it because women raise men? Is it because women birth men? What is it that we don't really consider their mental health? I I don't think it's that we don't consider consider their mental health. Mm -hmm. I think it's more or less men you know, that whole machismo thing. You macho. Know, yeah, yeah, macho. And they are not as apt as we are to speak their truth, to be emotional, and release a lot of that stuff because the machoism, you know. The mm. And to that say, I have a problem. This, I'm affected here. 
I agree. And we, you look, we, I mean, a lot of it is our fault, right? Because especially those of us with sons, at least back in the day, what did we do? Don't cry. Boys don't cry. And all of that foolishness, which we know is not true. Mm-mm. And so we got to change that. It's I'll okay. let moms cry. Right. I, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to change that, that stigma, you know. See, see, I raised three boys with compassion. Because I always said, I just want to raise three good men for three women. But then I, I, I had to change that to three good women. See, I used to say for three women because it wasn't too many. But then I realized how were these women raising their daughters? And, and from what I see today, with daughter, this is the new thing. And I, look, you got boys, but I just want to tell you, my boys would be 18. I got one 24. This is the new thing. I'm going to kill myself. If you, I'm depressed. These are the girls. I'm depressed. You know, and I'm like, ew. So that means when that start to happen, you got to move out the way because that's your problem. That's a lot of manipulation too behind that's, that. That's you have to be able to discern the spirit I know that. behind that. And see, that's what, I, but that's what I talking about. I go, so this is what you do. You leave that alone because. If that's true, as you be with this person, on and on and on, it's going to ruin you and what you have going on because you have to constantly worry about them. See, remember, they're compassionate. So I don't have the kind of guys that will just let you be that way. They're going to coach you through it. Bring you Right. Right. Or get them the help they need. Call somebody. You can't handle somebody like that. So either encourage them to get help or you call an ambulance or call somebody that can come help them. You know what I say? You get them help and then you you move out the way because that's not your calling. I know it's the audience. I'm not sounding like, you know, but I have to teach them that you can't save everybody. I had to learn that. And you know, when you're raising kids, they're watching. Man, kids see everything. They could be playing a video game and they see everything you're doing and you're in the next room. They know everything going on. So, you know, you, you have to be careful because everybody's not for you. Just because you're together doesn't mean that's the right one for you. That's right. And then on top of that, look, this is a different generation of, of, of women these days. <laughs> Let's just be real. Let's just be real. You see it all on the music videos. You see it all. <laughs> hey, look, look, look. Who's going to take care of me? I was raised in a generation that you took care. You, look, our parents back in the 60s couldn't do everything for us. You had to get out here, learn, get get your career, learn some independence, be independent. Why would you want to depend on somebody else if you don't have to, is my question. And that's how my parents raised my sister and my brother's deceased. But when my, my mother always said, you know, I never... Like, I would say, why you never told us to hook up with a guy that made good money? And She said, because, because first I had to focus on y'all to teach y'all have your own. And and she kind of like, I figured when you have your own, you know to look for somebody who have their own and then you bring it together, whatever you, you know. But their focus was definitely for us and I have to depend on a man. And a lot of people will say, 
you know, you shouldn't. No, when you have girls, you really should teach them that. But but somewhere something, see, just like we talked about how the men are today, somewhere something got lost with the girls too. Yeah. Mothers are not telling their girls that, or are the mothers saying, oh, go with her sons because they they they'll do whatever. I'm not mad at the mother though. But you gotta realize, right? From on, I don't know how old you are. I'm 58 years I'm young. I'm 50. I'll be 50 okay. on Christmas so, Eve. All right. So remember, think about our generation, and then now that there is a gap in there somewhere mm-hmm. to where I believe, and the audience probably gonna get kicked off with me for saying this, right? That instead of teaching our daughters to be independent and get their own, right? You had a generation of women who were still children themselves, right? 15, 16, 18, 19, having babies, raising them and trying. And that's okay because I became a mom at 20. I just turned 20 when I became a mom, but they still trying to be their friend be their friend and clubbing with them and hanging out with them instead of saying, look, look, there's another way, okay? You get your education, you get your degree, do you boot so you don't have to depend on a man to take care of you and you ain't got to depend on the government to take care of you because if this government dry up, because we in a trillion plus dollar deficit and you ain't getting that welfare check and that section eight, what you gonna do? I'm mm. not saying. Girl, don't get me started. <laughs> you know what? It's something, I, I, just like I said, I have all boys. The only thing that I've said to, I said, what did I do wrong? Like when they hook up with the wrong girl, what did I do? Well, I didn't think it was gonna happen that soon. I was supposed to talk to him, but it makes me talk to them more. And I, I start telling them, listen, you don't want no girl. You know what I told, I just told my boys the other day, I said, listen, let me give you an easy cheat sheet for you to figure out who you messing with. Meet a parent. If you go to a parent's house, now I don't care if it's even a single parent, it's fine, I don't care about that. So she tell you she's on the system, but it's temporary. You know, I'm just doing this because I'm in college. Cause you know, it'll pay for college. You do what you do. You you right. gotta use because when your mother was working every day, she paid into that system. So I'm not right. so much against that. I'm for you using it. For, use what you got. Use what you gotta use it for. Then leave it alone. But then you go to the house and you see the mother's one. Then you realize the aunt. Nobody is working. Everybody hanging out. Well, that's what you you know who you're going to become. You're taking care of all of them. You don't, right there, it should be a turn on. See, I'm talking to them about the things that really should turn you off as a man. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and those are the talks we have now. Yeah. My twins would be 18. They're, yeah. you know, and, and I'm looking like, no, I'm trying to do the best I can. But at the end of the day, y'all 18, it's your decision. It's their decision. And don't get me wrong. You got to do what you need to do until you get where you got to get to. But if you don't have, like, that's why the Bible talks about being evenly yoked. If you got goals, right? Why are you going to hook up with somebody that ain't got no goals? That ain't trying to go in the direction you going in. We've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. Me too. You learn, you looking and you going, 
It's like if you could stop somebody from making that mistake. But it's like everybody has to learn their own thing. Listen, I thought I was bad. Well, I mean, one of one of my boys have a little long distance little thing. First, long distance. So it's not like they give it. One time she came over here, I got her by herself. I said, listen, I know you ain't trying to have no babies because we not. And I, afterwards I said, oh, that was so, she was like, no. I, afterwards I said, oh, that was so bad. But then I asked myself, what was it? I said, did I do what the majority of mothers really want to do, but they don't want to look so bad? Well, I don't care how I look. No, they both in college. They going after their careers. Me not playing that game because this is what I preach to them. Both of y'all do real good. Go to school, get everything y'all got. Sex and love and all of that feels so much better when you're both successful. (laughs) When you don't got to worry about who going to pay the next bill or will a bill get paid? Or is he going to go get a job? Or is she going to work? You don't got to worry about that because you got it together and you have, I'm here. I'm that supportive mother. I'm your cheerleader. I got on my little cheerleading game. My right. pom-poms on the sideline. Don't disappoint right. me. Because guess what? I'm going to be out your hair once you move on. Mm-hmm. But think about it. Think about it. A lot of times in those type of relationships, they don't even last. And then you have this poor little baby, right? That is torn between two households. Dad ain't around, right? Because they done broke up. Mm-hmm. They done broke up. Everybody done moved on. And you have a lot of inner fighting between the mom and the dad with the baby in the middle, that poor, precious, innocent baby in the middle of it all. I, and, and that's just not fair to the kid. That's they not give it fair to, to that baby. They give it to grandma. I don't want to be that. <laughs> they give it, oh, give it right to grandma. And it's always grandma right there in court talking about, well, I got to, you know, I don't have that law book as grandma. My mother was that grandma. You know, she, she, it's just that, but she's old school. You know what I mean? I don't know if I could do that. But. You just hope people make the best decisions. I said, make the best decisions you can for you because I'm 50 and I'm not even a grandmother yet. I'll be 51. If I'm a grandmother at 68, you know I'm going to be like, listen, or 70, uh-uh, can't do it because what am I doing walking around with a one-year-old and I got about 10 more good years. No, I'm just being not to really like being, no, so. <laughs> well, I have grandchildren. We have grandkids. Um, my my one of my sons uh, was a teen dad, but that's okay. He's got his life together. How old are your grand? Huh? How old are your grand? Oh, girl, please let me. That's right. Me. But yeah. you heard, did you hear what I said though? See, yours did it a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your your grandmother at the age you're supposed to be. I mean, I am too, because I'm 50, but if it starts now, then that's it. My next 20 years. <laughs> and look, and look, being that we are a military family, I ain't never lived close to the grandkids. So it ain't like they could just pop up and drop them off. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You just left the military, you said, last year, right? Two years? Yeah, I did, but we're a military family. My husband's retired. I have two sons. My one of my sons is still in. The other one is not in anymore. But yeah, we're a military family. Yeah, but they don't. None of the grandkids live. <laughs> yeah, at least your grandkids are older. It's yeah. no look. Oh, unless you become a great grandma. Oh, that's good. You look phenomenal. Do you ever get them all together? 
let me see have no we have not gotten them all together in one room because we have um malachi is up in uh pennsylvania with his mom are they military too any of the grands or your sons decide to join the military uh my sons but none of the grandkids are um they didn't okay well no i take that back marcellus did but he got out he didn't stay long he went in there right after high school he didn't stay oh okay interesting but you know what? It's like I always tell my children. I tell I tell them, and I still tell them. You know, yeah, you know, you know. When we was growing up. Your parents ever said you experiences the best teacher? Mine's did, and I raised my kids to say, look, experience they say is the best teacher, but you got to be a fool if you want to experience everything. I'm gonna need you to glean from this knowledge, these gems I'm dropping on you, so you don't make the same mistakes I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I raised my son. I, that's what I told my son when I was raising him. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you get caught up experiences the best teacher. I mm, that's what my parents would say to me. Oh, my parents like, never they never said that. They actually would have the S on their chest to stand in the way of the issue. If it's they'd be like, nope, that's not the right. Like it was always when they saw something, it was like, nope. And even though the resilience was there, I could always say, oh, y'all were right because I didn't listen and boom, boom, boom. You know, so they never, sometimes, I don't know if my sister and I talk about this, but sometimes I think we should have we had experience as a good teacher because we still did, you know, you run and do it behind their back. Yeah, <laughs> I ran and did a lot of stuff behind my parents back now they would whoop your behind too that's back right. in the day. that's what but i did a lot of stuff behind their back and we did too i definitely did i can and it's so funny because we, we shared out with her now she's like i didn't even know like remember when you was leaving for work <laughs> you leave for work every day <laughs> so yeah and you know what i don't i'm not gonna sit here like i don't expect my kids to do it behind my back it, it, right. That's part of growing up. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. So we just hope that what we've taught them, they take with them. Because once they've grown and out your house, like. I know. It's in God's hands. I just. mm, I just want. Another thing I would hope that they take how they were raised by me and keep it. And don't let who they're with, how they were raised, influence. Right. What right. I put it, because listen, I really put so much into my boys. Seriously, yeah. no, listen, listen. They were homeschooled. My parents did it, and I did. Oh wow. Friends were homeschooled from pre-K on up. The oldest went to school, then he was homeschooled. So we, I did it. I'm like, okay, maybe it's time. Travel just a little bit, I guess. <laughs> You'll be eight yeah. And you know what? No, but now I'm sitting here, I'm like, what's next? Mm-hmm. And the mom was so long. So hopefully I'll find another to try, right? From doing a little podcast. <laughs> so you're in Atlanta, right? Yeah, we decided to retire right here in Atlanta. Area. Tell me about Alfreda. Do you know about Alpharetta? Am I saying it right? Have you heard of it? It's Alpharetta. Alpharetta is north, north of the city in Cobb County area. Yeah, my, my cousin just moved from Alpharetta further up north, but 
yeah it's, it's a nice little um it's a nice city uh outside of uh atlanta city limits outside of fulton county mm-hmm. really yeah. a lot of nice houses are for sale in alfreda i'm sure all over atlanta but Oh, that's nice. You never know. Might be a neighbor coming by. Okay. So come on down, girl. Come on down. Everybody else from New York and everywhere. <laughs> and that's the thing about Atlanta. You meet very, very few native Atlanteans. Wow. This place is such a melting pot like New York now. It's unreal. Really? I have a lot of people that move down there, but I was just, you know, you, you want to be careful. Anytime you move, when you're from one place your whole life and you go to take that big step and you're trying to figure out what's, you know, you got to be careful where you go. You just can't See, go. We didn't have that option. Being in the army, you just move and they said. <laughs> That's why, look, look, me asking you, you look at me like, no, just go. You just. <laughs> That's beautiful. But you adapt. You adapt. Huh. I mean, they, people may not look. People may not understand you, right? Because I still have a lot of my New York accent, right? So they may not understand you. They may think you strange, and you might think they strange because I'm still not used to people asking me my business about who my mama, daddy, where I'm from, and all of that. Daddy, uh-huh. I don't know you like that. Uh, <laughs> they do that. They do. They're just being. That's their way of being. Right. That's their way of being friendly. So I had to adjust to that and understand <laughs> that. But the army helped me to understand that. Though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. You have traveled all over the world. Many blessings to you. Thank you so much. And many blessings to you as well. This is an awesome platform. I'm enjoying our time together. So um, then we have to have you on Sunday tea so we could drink tea. And okay. then we can talk about all the different places you've been. I, you know, I haven't traveled like that. But, okay, so what about just travel like vacay and stuff? Florida, Virginia, you know what? Virginia Beach, that's where family's okay. at. It was like okay. Virginia Beach. Every year we went on our vacation. My parents made sure that was like mandatory family vacation. Virginia Beach, I can name the places. Virginia Beach, Florida. I went to LA one time. That's it. Your kids are grown. Now is your time. I know. And I have a passport. <laughs> with, with not, wow! not one stamp on it. It's just blank. And I know. Oh, you got, oh, no, 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 no. I, no, 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 no. I have a girlfriend. She's a, she was, um, she's from the military. And she was like, um, you ready to go to Jamaica yet? Uh, I'm going here. And she'd be like, come on. I'd be like, I don't know yet. But the boys were younger then. Okay. No, it's time for me to you know. It is. It's a big old world out here, Mahani. A big old world out here. Wow. And you still travel? Like, do you and your husband get up and say, this week we going on vacay? Or are you uh, That has slowed down considerably since COVID. But this year, we did venture out to Hilton Head Island twice. <laughs> and I went to the golf course last month. Nice. Mm-hmm. But to be out of the country, not mm-hmm. since uh, December 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, share your website again for the audience. Thank you so much. It's www.thespiritofawarrior.life. L-I-F-E. 
You guys, you have to look her up and check out her books. Maybe I get the book so we can discuss it, right? Spirit of yes. Book. I love book that. clubs, whatever you want to do. Yes, yes. And look, I, I'm waiting out. You know, they got this new variant now, so I'm going to slow it down a little bit because oh, I was ready to start getting back out there traveling, girl. And I'm looking for some girlfriends that like to go to dope places. So once this pandemic calmed down a little bit again, look, you okay. can get out of the city and okay. get to doing some stuff now. Yes, we will. But you know, we're going to be podcasting. We're going to be back in for a while. <laughs> the way things look. I hope not. not. Not, but it's looking that way, ain't it? I hope not. Just but like it's before, that every day it comes up. Every day I'm like, all right, I don't even cut the news on. Mm-hmm. Cut mm-hmm. it on every three days and say, okay, here's the update. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's the same news all day, every day. So if you listen to it for like 10 minutes, you got your news for the day. It ain't no sense of sitting in front of that all day. Mm-mm. But thank you for being on my show. Thank you for inviting me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much, my honey. And that beautiful name for a beautiful person, beautiful face. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Peace.